Am I true to myself? Do, am I real? Am I really real to myself? Can I just be? Because see, he's stripping some things down off of us. He's stripping things from our minds. He's stri- things are being separated. It's like the willowing fork. That when the wheat and the chaff and the wind blows, they throw up that willowing fork and it's separating the wheat from the chaff. The wheat, when it's, it, the wheat's heavy. Oh my God. It falls exactly where it needs to be. The chaff is light. That's fleshly. The wheat's spirit. When the wind blows, some of you have been blown away. You're not landing where you need to land in what God's doing. Our life is not a playground. It's a battleground. I think we've been playing too long. I think the church has been playing too long. I think, we've, I think we think things are a playground. And it's really okay to do this and do that. And we don't have the fear of the Lord any longer. There's no respect in what God wants. You know what I mean? I want to read this real quick. 2 Timothy 2.4. No soldier gets entangled in civil pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Uh, Are you enlisted? Where's the warriors in this house? I want to know where the soldiers are. I want to know where the soldiers are in this house. No, I mean, I want to know where the soldiers are in this house. Have you been enlisted? If you're enlisted, you're going to please the one that enlisted you. When you first gave your heart to the Lord, you were enlisted in the army of God. You remember that first time, that first love? You go back to that first love and you remember that when you were captivated and you would never be the same again. And all of a sudden we walk and we walk. And the next thing we know, we have fleshly desires. We have things that are going on. And we're not clothed in what God wants to clothe us in. Paul was warning Timothy not to allow anything to distract him from his task. Priorities have changed. And we need to make sure we don't lose. We need to make sure that we have all loose ends in this life put away. We need to engage in the mission that God has called us to do. We need to tie up loose ends, guys. All the loose ends that we have, we need to tie them. We need to get them tied up. It's enough of having this and having that and straddling the fence to this. And I can go ahead and do this. You're going to get tore apart. The enemy doesn't care. If he knows you don't have your armor on, he is going to manipulate. He is going to device. He's going to try to do whatever he can to keep you down from being a soldier. You have to check yourself. And you know what? I know that in here, I know I've been dealing with this. I go to start to pray and everything starts bombarding. You ever felt that? Everything starts bombarding. Oh, I remember this. And I still got to do that. And I mean, I'm literally saying, shut up. Shut that mind up. I have the mind of Christ, and I need to know what your agenda is, God. I need to know what you want to say to this. I want to be dressed in you. We've been dressed naturally way too long, and we have not been dressed spiritually. We need to dress up for the battle. We need to put on the whole armor of God. Isn't it funny that God's armor fits? 
It fits individually. Because just like David, he couldn't wear that armor. We, he had a perfect fit. And, and what he used is what God wanted him to use. Amen? Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. I want to read it out of the Passion. This is so good. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us. Watch this. So that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear the, all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. That is so powerful. So powerful. Um, as I was digging in this, one of the first things that really stuck out to me was we have to recognize what we are fighting. You have to recognize what you're fighting. Somebody say grit. Grit. Dressed. In order to grit dressed, that's almost a tongue tongue thing. Brandon, thank you. So uh, in order to grit dressed, you have to put on the Lord Jesus. Watch this. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. I'm going to read it in two translations. The New American Standard and then the Passion. Watch this. This is so cool. Go ahead. Do this knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of of light. This is deep. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy. Get ready. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Now, read it in a passion. This is gnarly. I've said that word a lot lately. I don't know why. It's gnarly. (laughs) To live like this is all the more urgent. For time is running out, and you know it is a strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up. For our full salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Nights, I love this, I love this, I love this. For anybody that talks about darkness all the time, it's getting darker, it's getting darker. Get ready. Night's darkness is dissolving away as a new day of destiny dawns. So we must once and for all strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness, removing it like filthy clothes. And once and for all, we clothe ourselves with the radiance of light. Watch this. 
as our weapon. I got to read. Woo! That is so good. It says the wiles of the enemy. And I looked up wiles. You just went right to where this is. Wiles means strategy, his methods, the enemy's methods, his scheming, his cunningness. Cunningness means to strip. It means to strip. It means that he's out to strip you of your character, of your convictions, of your courage. He's trying to strip you. He's cunning. He's evil. And you need to know what hour we're in right now. And isn't it funny when God said put him on? He said to put on the power. We're standing in an hour to put on the power. That's really good. That could be a song. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he's scheming and he's cunning and you're naked, you got a problem. If you don't have your armor on, you got a huge problem right now. Especially in the hour we're in. You know, when, I, when, I, when the kids were little, I would teach them that scripture. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. I said, you're going to get your armor on before you walk into school. And then I had to teach them what all that meant. Because we're in an hour, in a dark hour, that's the, but the dawn's coming. And we, didn't, we need to know the time and the hour that we're really in. Because of the cunningness means to strip. He's coming, he's coming, try to steal, kill, and destroy. But God said that he comes to have life and have it more abundantly. We are getting dressed to fight a battle or war, but he is teaching us to fight in a different way. It's fighting a war through our union with him and being infused with his light and power. So in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 17, he talks about the different weapons that we put on. But understand that when you put these on, you are literally putting him on. It's him that we're putting on. I love, I love Romans chapter 13, the way he breaks that down. And he says to put on the Lord Jesus. Why would we put him on? Because when the enemy comes at us and he sees him, he already knows he's defeated. It's already a done deal. And so when we put on the truth, the righteousness, the peace, the faith, the salvation, and the word, then we are literally putting Jesus on and fighting through him, through our union with him. I'm telling you, John chapter 15 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible because it talks about him being the vine and us the branches. And when we're in him and he's in us, then we have life union with him. Life union. It means we are together, that we are planted in him and nothing else can get around us. Nothing else can pull us from him, but we stay connected. Our relationship with Jesus is more important than any other relationship we have on this planet. Because when we stay connected with him and in life union with him, there's nothing that can separate us from him. We fight not through our flesh, so sometimes when we get in struggles with our spouses or with people at work or with our kids, we are trying to fight through the natural realm instead of the spirit realm. That's why he said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So husbands, stop making your wife out to be the enemy. Oh, it was really quiet in here. And wives do the same. Yeah. Sorry, babe. 
It is, it is looking through the proper lens. When we put him on, then we look through his lens rather than looking through the lens of our flesh. And I think that's where we as God's people, as sons and daughters, we have to get. Grit dressed means to put him on so that you no longer look through your fleshly eyes, but you look through his eyes. We were called to share him with the world, not share ourselves. We were called to fight in the spirit, not in the natural. Well, when Adam and Eve got stripped of their glory, yeah. and so they put on the fig leaves, they put on the natural thing that was there instead of the spiritual thing that was there. And then we had to go all the way through to get to the second Adam, which is Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I could shout right there because we get to put him on. We get to put him on. Can you imagine God going, where are you, Adam? He knew exactly where he was. But when they sinned, it stripped them of all their clothes. And God's given us a chance to put him on. The only person that can do that is you. He said, put on the armor of God. He didn't say, hey, I'm getting ready to put that on you. It says for you to put on. And put on it in the Greek means to step away from yourself so you can put it on. And I think our whole thing is we're so used to putting on our own natural thing. We wake up in the middle of the night and something carnal's in our mind. Come on. We wake up and we're, you know, I'm telling you right now, this is me. But I'm not going to get out of bed until I pray. I'm not going to get out of bed until I make sure I have my armor on. You can do however you want to do it, but I've been doing this for a long time. Now, is the enemy always going, oh, but wait a minute. Your alarm's going up. That thing can go beep, 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 because I'm, I'm not going to be distracted by the beep when I'm going to ask God, okay, I bless this day, God. Bless this day where I'm getting ready to walk into this day. I want to walk in this day with you, and I choose to do that. But if you don't choose to put him on, the whole thing is the union. The whole thing is the fellowship. To have time with him. We can have time with all these things. First thing I want to do, this is not me, but first thing that people want to do is grab their phones. I wonder what Mr. So-and-so or Tacky Mouth, as Brandon would say, is saying now. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear that the first time. I want to hear what God's trying to say to me. Because it, we have to put him on. That's the most important thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 4. Listen to this. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, right. using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. The other word for defenses uh, would be strongholds. The Aramaic word for strongholds can also be translated rebellious castles. People hide behind these strongholds or rebellious castles or all of these crazy things that the enemy tries to devise. And so what God is doing and what he's saying is he's saying that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty in God to the pulling down of these strongholds or castles. And so what we have to begin to operate in is...
the weapons of the kingdom realm instead of the weapons of the natural realm. Uh, we're, we're so busy looking at weapons today in the natural realm that we would rather fight for them than we would to fight for the kingdom weapons. And I say that being honest because I see all this stuff about the NRA and the Second Amendment and all this stuff. And listen, I'm not saying I'm opposed to the Second Amendment. I'm not. I love guns. I love hunting. I love doing all that kind of stuff. But when we are looking in the natural realm all the time and fighting more for those weapons than the weapons that God gives us that are divinely powerful to pull strongholds down off of people and set them free, then we are in the wrong place, looking through the wrong lens and doing the wrong thing. You were called in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, to be the light. Yeah. I'm going to read this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Watch this. Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. You know, there are lost people that are still a part of the house. They just haven't come home yet. And we are called to be a light in darkness. One of the things that God has really been speaking to me personally about, and I've been sharing it with our students every Thursday night, is this. Is that it's not about fighting on your face all the time. It's not about fighting on your knees all the time. And for those of you that think prayer is the answer to all of it, I, I, I hate to burst your bubble. Faith without works is dead. So we can pray all we want, but until we put feet to these things and feet to our prayers, then things aren't going to happen. Because how can light ever penetrate everything if it just lays in a closet all day? Well, because some didn't think they have any worth. Yeah. Some of them, some people don't think that they have any worth to say, how in the world could I be a warrior? How could I be a soldier? There's no way. I'll just let somebody else do that. You could do that. It's okay. I'll just go over here and sit down. When, when in reality, the word of God said, you do have worth. You are a warrior. You are a soldier in the army of the Lord. And, and I think that the complacency has so sheer the mind of somebody of people you know because people are not in the word no wonder paul said i have got to be in the word daily i've got to renew my mind we have to renew our mind i get up every morning this is the first thing i grab well i turn my coffee on forgive me lord and then i grab this no seriously and and to renew our minds daily so we can have the belt of truth this is the belt of truth Everything else, the faith, all that can't come. You can't have a shield of faith unless you have your belt on. Your belt holds everything together. He's the truth. And isn't it funny how the enemy tries to lie to you and not make you believe that who you are? I think we have an identity crisis. And because we don't open this up and look at this as a mirror and let, let him search us, let him, let him look at us, and let us see for who we are in him that we can put him on. See, this is, this is making the enemy mad. It's been a crazy week. I'm just telling you. I said, oh, the enemy's mad. We're about to grit dressed. And, and 
you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You can't fight that in the carnal. But I wrote this. Just as soldiers equip themselves and are designed for earthly battle, so Christian soldiers should equip themselves for spiritual battle. See, we got... We could get one phone call from whether it's the president or whoever and the soldiers, and they said, we need you to get over here. Them soldiers are lined up knowing what they're doing. They are trained to do what they're doing. And here we are. We can't even train. Here we've been training with characteristics of grit. Maybe you need to go back and listen to them again because God's trying to say, I need you to have perseverance. I need you to have resilience. I need you to have courage. Do you have passion? And he's been saying this over and over and over so we can be ready. So if Pastor Brandon said, or Pastor Jen said, there's about to be a war. Would you be going, oh my goodness, I don't even have my arm. Oh, I don't even know how to do that. Oh, I better just let them. I'm going to go hide in this corner. I'm too scared to do that. No, God's trying to train you. God's trying to get you ready to do what you need. I have a militant mind. I've had that since I was a little girl. That's crazy. My mom and dad, poor, my poor mom and dad. I I always have. And right before my mom passed away, I didn't know she was going to pass. She didn't. Well, obviously she might have. But this is how supernatural God is in things, okay? I'm out with my friends in a car. I'm on Wabash. If you, if you know, some of you don't know this, but, man, we used to bash on Wabash and meet everybody there and park and have fun. And so I'm, I was the driver, so I had all my friends. I didn't have to be home till midnight that night. All of a sudden... Now, I'm 16 years old, and I'm about to have fun. I want to have fun. I'm going to go meet some new guys. Sorry, babe. Um, but all of a sudden, I felt this tug on my heart at 10 o'clock. I couldn't get rid of it. Tug, tug. I felt this tug. I need to go home. I need to go home. I'm thinking, what in the world? I don't have to be home till midnight. See, you got to listen to the Spirit of God. I'm 16 years old. I feel this tug again. I said, girls, I got to go home. Now, if you want to find another ride or if you want me to take you home, they go, are you kidding me? Why are you going home? It's 10 o'clock. You don't have to be home till midnight. I said, I don't know. I I feel this tug. And they go, what's that mean? I said, never mind. Because you know what? Some people don't know. I walk in the door. All the lights are off. And when I pull up, Carolyn, I pull up and all the the lights are off. and, And I pull up and I get in the parking in the in the driveway and then you know how you question come on when the holy spirit's trying to talk to you there's always a question i said what am i doing at home all the lights are off this is dumb why would you take me home like that and i mean what's going i'm 16 i open up the door all the lights are off and my mom's sitting in the front room with her bible in her lap Ooh, i got the holy ghost in me i said what are you doing mom why are you sitting in the dark She said, I asked the Holy Spirit to go get you. Come on, somebody. I said, oh, now, now I'm freaked out. Because, you know, you're 16, you know. She goes, come and sit beside me. I have to talk to you about some things. I sit down beside her. She starts telling me about the end time. 
in detail. And she said, you're going to be one of them. So you're going to be one of them soldiers in the end time. And you're going to take authority over some things. I said, I don't know what that means, mom. She said, when you keep your eyes on God, he's going to show you things. And you're going to help with other people. You know, when I got dressed this morning, I started thinking about my mom telling me that when I was 16 years old, she told me how things were going to have these little beams that are going to be in the grocery store and you're going to have to slide things. I said, what in the world are you talking about? I'm 16 years old. We didn't have no cell phones. We didn't have no, no nothing. There weren't even beepers. That tells you how old I am. But what I'm trying to say is she's told me about all of this that I'm sitting here right now trying to tell you. I go to bed and I hear my dad crying at the end of my bed. And I hear sirens. I said, Dad, is that mom? He said, she's gone. I said, I was the last one to talk to her and she told me about the end time. She told me that I was going to help with soldiers. She told me. Now I sit here years later, 43 years later, trying to tell you that God wants to raise you up in this hour. God wants to dress you. He wants you to put him on. Has it been easy for 43 years to keep putting him on? Have I fell from grace? Was he gracious? Was he loving? And he's just kept saying, come on, you got this. Let's do this. And we're in that hour that God is trying to get us dressed, grit us dressed. And there's been training in all of this for a reason. It shakes me to my core. It shakes me to my core that he's given us the responsibility to stand up here and give you the assignments that he's giving us. And God kept saying to me, ask where the soldiers are. Where are the soldiers in this house? Or are you just complacent and saying, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm over it. I don't want to do this anymore. You think two days ago that I didn't get a report from a doctor? I ain't scared. So what did I do? I stretched out this morning and prayed over somebody that had the same thing that the enemy's trying to say that I had. You reap what you sow. You don't feel good? Go pray over somebody. Okay. You're struggling in your finances? Give. It's a kingdom principle. If you don't want to be moved, go with the principles of the kingdom of God. This is the principles of God. For you not to be in and out, in and out, it's your own fault. <laughs> you might as well look in the mirror. And say, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm over that. I want to be what he wants me to be. I want to be dressed for the battle. I didn't think I was worthy at 16 years old. Are you kidding me? And then four hours later, I'm going through a funeral. I'm looking in my mom's closet trying to find something for her to wear at her funeral. 
You talk about trying to get your grit. Did I get through it? I did get through it. Am I helping others to get through things like that when they're suffering and they've lost somebody? I'm helping them now. Because, see, God wants to restore. He wants you healed. See, we're so focused on ourselves so much that we can't even look out where other people are. Daniel said it very well. Look out. We need to look out to others. God got to take care of the rest. Amen? When we put on truth and righteousness and peace and faith and salvation and the word, all of these weapons that God has given us are what produce the light in us that penetrates and destroys the darkness. John chapter 1 verse 5 says it very, very well. That's another one of my favorite places. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I love that. It's so powerful. Go ahead and put verse 5 up for me. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. We are fighting a battle that cannot be fought in the natural. It has to be fought with him on us and him in us and our union tight with him. Then the light penetrates the darkness everywhere we go. And I'm teaching this to the students because I think it's important that if Jesus is going to tell us that we are the light of the world, then we have to understand that it's his light in us that shines on the darkness around us. So everywhere we go, we have the capabilities of making darkness not have the ability to comprehend what's on us. We have the ability to shine the light and cause darkness to have to flee. When you flip on a light switch in a house that is pitch black, instantly darkness is gone because it doesn't know what just hit it. I think that's the battle and that's the war that we are fighting. We are fighting a war where darkness has to flee from the light that's in us. Which means we have to come out of our prayer closets and get out into the highways and byways and start reaching the people that are in the shadows, that are in the dark places. Damon Thompson, one of my favorite preachers, I I listen to him all the time. It's so funny because what I've been preaching in the youth, I haven't listened to Damon for probably a month and a half, two months. And the other day I listened to him and everything I've been preaching in the youth, he's been speaking on the last month and a half. And he told this story, and I want to tell it to you because I think it I think it is a new way of warfare that we've missed, that we haven't seen. Listen, don't don't walk out of here saying that I discredit prayer because I don't. That is how we stay in union with him, is through prayer and through intercession and all of that. I believe in all of that. So don't walk out of here saying that. I just think that we've spent so much time as the church, and I'm not just talking about Remnant Church. I'm talking about the church as a whole. We've spent so much time looking inwardly, trying to become powerful through our prayer closets that we forgot to be powerful by going out into the streets and letting his light shine to all the world so that darkness has to go. When the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, that's when things change. What we don't understand is that the earth is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. What does that mean? It means when suns stand up and let the sun of the, the sun shine through us and be the reflection of who he is, then that darkness has to flee and it can't stand and penetrate anything anymore. Damon told a story about one of his spiritual sons praying, him and his wife were praying, and 
Damon tells this, so I'm telling it from his perspective. But he tells a story about one of his spiritual sons and his wife praying. And God told this son of his to go to this city on Halloween. He said, I want you to go and I want you to walk the streets, but I don't want you to say anything or do anything. This is going to be hard for some of you. I'm just letting you know. So this guy leaves. His wife stays at home. She says, I'm going to stay home. I don't feel like I'm supposed to go with you. I'm going to stay at home and pray, but you go to this city. And she goes, he goes to this city, and, and he says when he pulls into this city, there's nothing but Halloween all over the place. Ghosts and goblins and witches and warlocks and all of this kind of stuff. And he said, God told me specifically just to walk the streets of this city and say nothing. He said, so I'm walking the street. And all of a sudden, I hear this blood-curdling scream from across the road. He said, I look over, and there's this young girl. Her name was Johnny, by the way. There's this young girl walking down the street and looking up into the darkness and screaming, screaming, I mean terrified kind of screams. He said, man, I'm watching this whole thing unfold. And here God told me that I'm going there and I'm just going to stand there and do nothing. I can't minister to her. I can't walk up to her and tell her Jesus loves her. I just stand there. He said, so what I decided to do was I decided to walk across the road and get in front of her and just wait for her to pass by. Hello, Peter. The Bible talks about Peter's shadow falling on people and then all of a sudden they're healed because it was what was in him that healed the people, not his shadow. So what we carry, the light we carry, has the power to penetrate sickness and disease. Anyway, so he goes across the road, and he's standing there, and all of a sudden he said, man, the closer this girl got, the more terrifying them screams became because they were so loud. And he said she would just buckle over almost like demons were just pushing her to the ground. And then she would look up to the darkness and scream. He said all of a sudden she is close to me, and she's buckled over, and the closer she gets, the more louder she gets, till all of a sudden she gets right next to me and she stands up. He said, she looked me square in my face and a girl that was tormented and screaming all of a sudden goes, hello, how are you? He said, the girl grabbed my hand and put it on her face and thanked me for being there thanked me for being there in that moment. He said she walked away completely, 100% free from it. Walked away singing, walked away happy, walking towards me tormented, but walked away completely free. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. When we reflect the light of the kingdom, it changes everything. It pierced the darkness and caused it to leave. He said, the girl walks away. Her name was Johnny. He said, I felt my phone vibrating. It had been vibrating the whole time I was watching the girl coming. He said, I picked my phone up out of my pocket and I looked at it and it was my wife texting me saying, has the girl made it to you yet? Does that shake anybody? That messes with my life. Has the girl made it to you yet? He says, yes, she has. She goes, is she okay yet? Yes, she's okay. Good. Next text he gets is, God, thank you 
for setting this girl free because I could see in the spirit the things that she was seeing and the torment and the hell that she was going through. What you don't understand is that when we get dressed, grit dressed, when we put on the characteristics of the sun, when we put on the weapons that he's created for us and we start reflecting the light of the kingdom, then no darkness has the power or the authority or the capabilities to stand against us. We have to have confidence in this thing. And I think for so long we haven't had the confidence because we don't get dressed every single day. He said, if you choose to follow after me, then every day you must deny yourself. You deny yourself and you put me on and it gives you the confidence to walk every day and fulfill everything I've called you to do. What are you waiting on? Grit. Get ready, it's time. Not tomorrow. Now. Get ready, put him on, because it's time. We are called to go out into the streets and reach the lost. So what are you doing? Don't you get tired of coming in here every Sunday and it being all about you? I know that's raw, but I get tired of preaching to people that make it all about themselves. I want to preach to people that want to hear this and then put it on. Brandon and I talk about it all the time. I want people to start getting everything we preach and putting it on and actually living this thing out. What are you waiting on? He's called you to be a light in darkness. He's called you to carry him everywhere you go and to grit dressed. You know, you were talking about turning the light on, just going into a dark room and turn the light on. But you can't turn the light on unless you have power. No. You can't turn the light on unless you have power. I want you to stand with me. You know, what's interesting is... um, When's the last time you felt that power of God? I'm not talking about goosebumps. I'm not talking about a, oh, a shiver a little bit. No, I'm talking about the power of God. That when you walk into somewhere and that changes just like that, that's the power of God. I've seen that in Africa. When I was in Africa, I've seen it in different countries. I said, when are we going to see what we need to see here? In the United States. But you know what? Some of these people in Africa walked four days to get to this meeting that we were in. Four days. With little sandals on, walking for four days. They had a desperation. They had a desire. And see, God, I think we've lost our desperation. I think we've lost our desire. I think he wants us to have a mindset to say, you know what? We're in a battle. Isn't it awesome that the woman was in intercession and he was walking with feet? And sometimes a husband and wife are not in a union like that because that showed true union. Just like it shows true union be- between you and God. And a lot of times we don't have an awareness. I don't care if it's in a grocery store. I want you to come, Daniel. Can you do that for me? Uh, 
whether you're in a grocery store, a lot of times we don't have an awareness. We're just like, okay, I'm just going to go get my groceries. And man, this line's so stinking long. And you know what I'm saying? And we're not even looking up to look around to even see if anybody needs any help. Just the other day, I saw a woman, she was trying to get out, out of a wheelchair, but I seen her groceries sitting there and she was by herself. And I, I looked at McKenzie and I said, go ahead and put the kids in. I'll be back in a minute. And she had huge things of water. I'm like, Jesus, you have to help me. But that's okay. I said, let me put all your stuff in your car. She goes, people don't do that anymore. Watching people just walk by. I don't want to be the person that's just going to walk by. I want to be the person that's going to be there to love. and to. You know what I mean? I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Come on, close your eyes. Just get centered. Get centered in him. I was going to say, one of the struggles that he talked about after that experience that he had with that girl is as he was driving home, he said, God, I feel like I didn't accomplish anything because I never spoke to her about Jesus. And he said, but what you don't understand is Jesus just penetrated right through you to her. You didn't have to say anything. We've made evangelism sometimes about speaking the gospel all the time when sometimes you're the walking gospel and that's what we got to become and that's what we got to be we don't have to feel guilty because we're the light sometimes all they need to see is the light and it changes everything in a moment sometimes we have to speak the gospel because that's what's needed well we give away all the food and i've noticed that when we're we could give tons of food away and there's people rolling down their window and going, we love you guys so much. And, you know, and, hey, can you pray for me? And there's Pastor Brandon leaning down and a lady, he's just, whole, I see him all the way in through her window holding her. And I, so I stop and I start praying for that. And he said, she just lost her husband and she's getting food. See, we don't know. And even if it's a hug or even if it's a laugh with somebody, you know, people need that in this time and hour. There, there's a dark world that we're in. You know what I mean? But I, I want to ask, and I'm going to say this again. I know I said it a few times, but I want to ask where the soldiers are in this house. Does it make you nervous? There's a huge responsibility to be a soldier and lead the children. Hello? To be a mom and lead the children. Soldier. As a husband, as a father, you're a soldier. They look up to you and say, there's my dad. But do you have the power to walk in and be the light that God wants you to be. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, then I will abide in you. The thing is, is he never wants to separate from you. We choose to separate from him. So this morning, I want to ask you something. Are you in life union? with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're in this room and you're like, Pastor Josh, that's, I, I'm just not. I feel such a separation right now. 
but I know I need to be the light and I know God's called me to do things and I, this morning I just need to come home. Is there anybody in this room that would say, that's me right now this morning? I just need to come. I just need to come home. Come on up. Just find a place. Come on up. Then the second part of this is for those of you that are in life union with him. Are you being the light in darkness? Do you let that dunamis power that he puts in you radiate off of you and touch the lives of people like Johnny? That girl walking down the road tormented one minute but sees the light, sees a great light and the next minute is completely free. When was the last time you had a Johnny walk in your life? If that's you this morning and you're like, I need the light of God to shine through me like it never has before and I want to be used and I want the power of God to flow through me because listen, he said it very plainly. These signs will follow them that believe. So my question to you is do you believe? If you do and you want that and you desire that to put him on, I want you to come up here right now. Come on, move. Don't wait. What are you waiting on?